the volume. Welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Lot to say on a Thursday. Absolutely fitting naturally. No caffeine needed. No gel in the Jewish Italian fro. I'm up. It's hot as hell in New York. I'm absolutely furious with just about every team that I support. We'll get in to baseball talk. Yankees off a perfect her mind game, only been done a number of times, and a must win in Oakland. The Mets are free falling. The Padres are spiraling. I'm offering free Manny Machado vintage $180 jerseys on my Twitter. If they can't beat the Pirates today, I'm seething. I'm Snickers hangry. The coffee is irrelevant this morning. We dive in, though, to something I got to get off my chest. The New York Jets, and it's going to be a little bit of unlearning to relearn because this is a team that has not had an above-average record in division since Sanchez was under center. This is a team that has been otherwise inept at the quarterback position and all things winning culture in most of our lifetime. Again, They have swung and missed so many Geno Smith, Christian Hackahoo, Chad Penning, what, Madden 83 overall here, there, everywhere, times. You have to, literally, I say it all the time, men in black it with the thing that they do, so you forget what happened, or 10-second Tom it from 51st States. If you're an Adam Sandler fan, you know what I'm talking about. I love you. You need to completely take a step back with this Jets team and do not associate them with previous Jets team because now Aaron Rodgers is in the building and we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packers mindset where he's kind of been, and and again, I'm not quoting Wedding Crossers two days in a row, but he's in, he's not, he's in, he's not. In Green Bay, he's retiring, he's not. What is it? Well, now he comes to New York. And again, just to remind everyone, I work with MSG. I'm at the Garden. I was at every Knicks-Rangers game at home in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers was there multiple times. He's been at a Yankee game. He's been at Broadway. He has been all over the city. But guess what? Most importantly, with teammates. What was the number one gripe for Christian Watkins and Romeo Dobbs last year? That they went on record, at least one of them did saying it. Yeah, we didn't really hang out. So to me, seeing what works in the past with Breeze buying into teammates, Manning, Brady, showing them love on the gram, giving them free this, that, whatever the case, vacation here, all of that matters because it's off the field, off the court chemistry. If you don't think in team sports, liking each other and spending time with each other doesn't matter, You either have not played team sports competitively or you just are living in la-la land. Very rarely will you see a team go on to win it all and find out that none of them like each other. It almost goes one-two hand-in-hand, lockstep if you will. 
Let's go in to the weeds a little on this New York Jets team. To me, over nine and a half wins on FanDuel, on DraftKings, wherever you get your lines, is the bet of the century. The Jets over nine and a half wins. It's criminal. It's highway robbery for us. It's nothing short of asinine for the books. I don't know what they are seeing. Yes, it's a little bit of a daunting schedule to say the least first month of the season. Don't love it. But the reality is Aaron Rodgers in this phase of his season, uh, his career, for this season in particular, is not doing when he's changing teams what most quarterbacks have to do. Let me give you an example. Peyton Manning goes on the Pat McAfee show recently. Let me give you an exact quote of Peyton Manning talking to Pat, former teammates, about why Aaron Rodgers is going to hit the tarmac running. Quote, let me tell you why I think this is going to work. Manning during a springtime appearance on the Pat McAfee show. The fact that he has the same system that he ran in Green Bay with Nathaniel Hackett calling the plays, he's going to be able to play so much faster. Manning alluding to Rodgers hitting the ground running in September. Having to learn, still a quote, a new offense in your 18th, 19th year is almost impossible because you have to unlearn your old offense. The fact that Aaron doesn't need to learn a new offense, a new snap count, a new formation He's going to play fast. I see him playing well early next year, and it should be fun to watch, end quote. That's one of the five greatest quarterbacks of all time. Number one when it comes to free free snap IQ. He picks you apart. He used to host a show for two years with Javon Curse at the MGM. Javon Curse was on the Titans in division against the Peyton Manning. He said when they played the Colts, they had to literally throw out what they do every week because Peyton Manning was so special. This endorsement is everything. The fact that he's got Hackett, he's got Lazard, he's got even Randall Cobb as a buddy, and that to me is a Derrick Rose on the Knicks, may not get the PT with, of course, having a few guys ahead of him to say the least. Garrett Wilson, offensive rookie of the year. You got Lazard, you got Corey Davis, you got Mims. There's quality on that team as far as Aaron Rodgers to throw to. Could be worse. I think the receiving core is better this year in New York than it was last year in Green Bay. All that being said, the fact that he has continuity, look, I've interviewed, I interviewed Coward's friend years ago, Mark Medina, when, when KD was on the Warriors, never forgot it. Asked him what it was like watching the Warriors play basketball. Said it was like a great ensemble in jazz. Just beautiful orchestration, beautiful chemistry, cohesion. What do we know football to be? If you know the sport, and I, I'm buddies with a Jeff Schwartz, an offensive lineman, a safety, my guys all over, the, all over the field. I got enough athletes in my network that I've had enough football conversations with to know that it comes down to choreography, timing, and repetition. You have to put in the reps. But, it's not five-on-five five basketball. It's 11-on-11. 11 11. So to the point of running a great run play, when you actually watch what happens on a great run play, we're talking about six, seven guys doing something correctly with timing to nail it. Now, back to the Manning quote. Hackett was there in some of Aaron Rodgers' most pro prolific 
seasons. He knows him like the back of his hand. And Aaron Rodgers handpicked Nathaniel Hackett. So he's coming refreshed with a new energy. And yes, Aaron Rodgers, who isn't married, who didn't have an owner in Green Bay, who had no accountability in the sandbox at recess, now is going to be having to lock in, two feet in. We're swimming to the deep end, and I'm swimming with him. Now I got a Brady quote for Aaron Rodgers. Quote, it's a great opportunity, just like I had in Tampa when I went there and I was throwing balls to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronk. He's going to go to New York. With, with other very talented players at the receiver position, I think he's going to be very invigorated. I'm certain he's going to do a great job, end quote. All right, this is not somebody that needs to prove themselves as far as accolades, 475 touchdowns in his career, four-time MVP. We know about the stats he can put together. Look at what Brady did. Look at what Manning did and compare it to the situation Aaron Rodgers is in. Really roll up the sleeves and sit here and hear me out. What are the intangibles in this NFL to be able to win a Super Bowl? And there's really only a handful of teams that have it. You have to have a competent uh, defense, to say the least, that can absolutely hang with anyone. You go back and look, and you can go NBA with it. You can go NFL with it. Now, Eagles had a much more impressive defense than the Chiefs, but if you go down the stats, you go in opponent points against run yards, pass yards, sack rate, quarterback pressures. The Chiefs were better than we thought. They're actually going to have a little bit of trials and trips, I think, with a Frankie Clark and a couple of key pieces there in the front seven, not there this year. But the point is, you have to have a competent defense. Well, the New York Jets... We're one of four teams to give up less than 19 points per game last year. The Williams brothers, C.J. Mosley, defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner, they have playmakers all over the defense. If you did not watch Jets football, let me explain how much better the defense was than the offense. This team, who had seven wins, by the way, lost five games when a team scored 20 or less. Aaron Rodgers, in his career, throws three touchdowns, puts up 21 points. However they get to it, Aaron, jo Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, however they had to get the three touchdowns. He did that in his sleep. 20 points or less. The Jets lost last year five games. So, pack on five wins because Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is absolutely hitting that marker. Now, that's last year's schedule, not this year's. It is a daunting start. But what is absolutely fact is you have a perfect one-two, a great defense with a great quarterback and a coach that has the ability to at least guide men in the correct direction under duress. To me, Robert Sala is a leader of men. I, I don't love that he's a defensive coach, but at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers has his Nathaniel Hackett guy. And you can make a case. Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett as grown men were eviscerated as far as the success they've had in this league. Hackett in Denver, Green Bay, Aaron, one of the worst seasons I've seen for both of these lads, potentially in their entire last decade, in the league.
So you have motivation on your side. You have actual talent on the roster. You have an offensive rookie of the year, a defensive rookie of the year. This team has drafted well. God forbid Makai Becton can stay healthy. It's a competent offensive line. Brees Hall, to me, was on his way to maybe having a Kenneth Walker second half of the season at running back. So you have a quarterback, you have a great defense, and you have a coach also comes from a San Francisco culture. He's seen it. He's been right there before. In my opinion, this is the perfect time to reverse history and join in on Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be motivated. He's going to be locked in. And this is a guy that's a mood swing guy. I'm a mood swing guy. If I don't eat breakfast or I don't eat food till two o'clock, I get a different tone of voice. Aaron Rodgers is exactly that. But you see it in his body language. And that is why he has the ability to carry a team. If this guy's going out to dinner and events with Sauce and Garrett Wilson, Lazard and the boys, is that not a great sign? You mean to tell me we can take right now over nine and a half at minus 115? You're telling me you think this team's nine and eight? with Aaron Rodgers, a top five quarterback, you're out of your mind. You're out. You're leaving money on the table. Now, they might lose to the Bills week one. They got to play the Chiefs, I believe, in the first month of the season. It is a daunting schedule. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is going to pick his spots to be great. They still have a lot of cupcakes on the docket. They get to play. To me, Falcons should be easy money. Denver, easy money. Texans, automatic win. I don't think Cleveland stands a shot against the Jets. I think Cleveland's a 9-8 and eight club. Washington is a poverty franchise in a complete restructure this year. The enemy has his work cut out for him, etc. The Raiders are on the bill, there's five, six wins. I can sit here and say they're getting automatically, including New England at the end of the season. The Patriots, to me, are not going to be a threat in the division except for a Bill Belichick defense that's always going to be above average. But I look at the division, I think it's going to beat up on each other. I think anyone who goes four and two, even five and one, you have to pay attention to because outside of the AFC North, AFC East has to be the best division in football. I, I mean, three teams can win the Super Bowl and Pats fans can't let go of the Pats. So everybody in this division thinks they can win the Super Bowl. You have a great D, a top five pass D from last year, a motivated quarterback who can take you any given Pacino Sunday, the Seabiscuit distance, and we're questioning it because of the history of the Jets or Aaron Rodgers is going to retire? No. Aaron Rodgers is going to meet and match the city's energy. And when you see it, let's say they win week one. It is at home against Buffalo, not on the road. If they win week one, forget about it. I'm all in on the Packers. I'm all in on Aaron Rodgers. 
I have already fired, signed, sealed, delivered on all of my futures tickets for this team. I think they can be special. Hitting the ground running. Peyton Manning said it. Brady said he'll be invigorated. What else do you need to hear? Let's stay in New York. Let's switch to baseball. Herman on the bump for the New York Yankees completes for him his first ever and the first ever Dominican-born player to give a perfect game fourth in Yankees history. An incredible evening. And in fact, the first player to do it since Felix King Hernandez back in 2012. And again, a perfect game means no walks, no hit by pitches, no blemishes, a, 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 no hitter. He can walk a guy or three. You can, you can hit a guy or three. But a perfect game is that rare. And we can only hope that this New York Yankees team, which I'm going to rip for a second, can wake up. Because this team, without Aaron Judge, is absolutely head-scratching, to say the least. And the Yanks at the moment stand at 14-1 to win the AL East due to the fact that the Tampa Bay Rays are humming and singing their way to back-to-back incredible months. Really back-to-back-to-back, but just an a prolific start. They're hitting, they're pitching, they're playing small ball. It's making a mockery of the league. I got to be honest. The teams that are at the top of divisions this year are borderline head-scratching as far as what we haven't seen. Texas Rangers in first. The Cincinnati Reds are in first. The Arizona Diamondbacks are in first. If you're watching baseball, there are three or four absolute shockers. Listen to this team Without Aaron Judge, since June 4th, by the way, 9-11, and 3.4 runs per game. The team is hitting 2-0 Mendoza line 3. 2-3! The on-base percentage is 621. On-base percentage plus slugging, slugging, excuse me. Huge, huge discrepancy there. Listen to the roster without Aaron Judge. 32 games for Stanton. He's hitting 197. Josh Unwatchable Donaldson hitting 139 in 23 games. LeMakeus hitting 226. Rizzo, serviceable, but still only 268. Volpe the Rook, 208. I'll give him a break, but 208. Come on. And Glaber Torres hitting 246. They are so bad. Aaron Judge has played in 49 of 80 games. He still leads the team in homers, ribbies, walks, an average. It is scary hours for Yankee fans who have been nothing but patient. And I'm friends with Nick DeTuro. He's come on the pod a couple of times. This, this team is so head-scratching. Aaron Boone should have been gone three years ago. I am not an Aaron Boone guy. I don't understand it. I don't understand Cashman. This is what happens when the real owner is long gone, unfortunately, RIP to George, and the kids take over. Look look at the Lakers. Look at the Yankees. After Dr. Jerry Buss and George have come and passed on. They have been a shadow of who they were with their decorated history. But when there's a down slump in 162-game sport, there's value. And I think the Yankees right now to make the playoffs are a must-fire. Can't get it on FanDuel. We can get it elsewhere. 
And the Yankees at 14 to 1 to win the East. Look, Rodon's still on the staff, and there is a bright spot here. The pitching staff has been absolutely impressive. Believe it or not, this Yankees staff, Cole, Herman, who, who again, it was banged up coming back. Even Schmidt has been not terrible. There's been a couple, a burrito. Look, I, I'm not sitting here saying that the Yankees can win it all. I'm saying that the Yankees are going to turn it around. And off an 11-0 win against the A's with a very favorable schedule coming up, they do have to play the Orioles four games in two series, but the Cardinals, they're on a little bit of an upkick, but they've had an otherwise mediocre, less than standard St. Louis season. They got the Cubbies who are all right, and they thank God they got a July 10th All-Star break, but then they get to play Colorado. They get to play the Mets. They get to play the Royals. They should be turning it around. I would take a sprinkle on team total wins for them. I would take a sprinkle on 14 to one to win the division. It's baseball. Teams go in spurts. Teams go in lulls. It's June 29th as this hits your ears. It, playoff baseball is in October. So you have a whole month of July, August, and September. That's 90 days upcoming. You got a lot of time to rewrite some wrongs. I mean, I read you these LeMahieu, Volpe, Torres, Stanton, Donaldson stats. Can they get much, much worse? So the pitching staff is carrying the hitting. I have to imagine the Yankees hitting is going to turn it around. And when 99 can come back, and we are worried if Aaron Judge and, and pay attention to his injury, this is this is from running through the wall at Dodger Stadium. He did play catch in his first baseball activity, but at the moment, they're slow playing. And I all I saw and I read about it, it's steps and baby steps. But look, if he's coming back, you have to sprinkle on him. He is that big of a difference, and it turns the juju around. Baseball's different than any other sport. It is, you know, if you watch baseball movies, you play baseball, I'm a lefty. I played my whole life, 14 years. Special language, special dialogue, special way you talk to your boys. Off the field matters, and it's kind of everyone cooking or no one cooking. Whereas in basketball, you can lean on a guy. Yes, you can lean on Aaron Judge, but ultimately this is a team that needs direction and needs leadership. Other than him, I'm looking at Stanton. I'm looking at LeMahieu. And somebody other than Aaron Boone needs to say something because it's unacceptable in New York. Let's stay in New York real quick. Two quick spiels on the Mets, and then I'm going to talk on my Padres. This Mets team off another loss, and they blew a lead midweek against the Phillies. I don't even know where to begin. They gave up four in the eighth. This team, unlike the Yankees, is doing nothing well. Their bullpen is 20th. They are 20th in batting average. They are bottom 10 in starting pitching. They went a damn near Oakland A's payroll just to pay Scherzer and Verlander. And apparently, Verlander and Kate Upton are doing everything but focusing their household on Mets baseball. Because this team... I don't even know where to start, but at a 30 and 50 against the spread, less than four and a half runs per game output with what I just mentioned, their team ERA is and starting pitching specifically, you cannot get much worse. A Buck Showalter showing no sense of urgency, but Steve Cohen 
did have a press conference, which I want to make mention to, and I do think is worth mentioning. He basically said, if you want, and, and this is exactly a quote. He's a patient guy. He says, I'm a patient guy. Everybody wants a headline. Fire this person. Fire that person, Cohen said. But I don't see it that as see that as a way to operate. If you want to attract good people to the organization, the worst thing you could do is be impulsive and win the headline for the day. I know the fans want something to happen, but sometimes you can't do it because you have long-term objectives. Now, that is a fascinating thought from a guy. Could you imagine paying the highest payroll in the history of the sport projected around 360 million. You're 36 and 44. You're fourth in the NL East. You're 17 back of Atlanta. You're nine out of the wild card berth. And you have the wherewithal to say that I got to be honest to uncle Steve, a little bit of a mensch like statement. I think to me, Showalter has been so passive and the team has not given us any Eat those pathos locos, but that quote, and he also went on to say, and I'm paraphrasing, if they can turn it around before the trade deadline, he will make another or two moves. That is actually incredible because if I was Uncle Steve, I lose my tinsel town gourd. This team has had no, no juice, no pizzazz, but they are in New York. They do have pressure on them. And I don't think they can play much worse. Whereas the Yankees need to turn around in the lineup. The Mets have the ability with the talent they have and the names they have. They can mix and mingle. They can switch it around. I'm not bailing on the Mets yet. And you can get them over three to one to make the playoffs. I'm not telling you they're going to win the East. Unlike the Yanks, you have a small chance of 14 to one to come back. I don't see this Mets team doing anything but making a wild card, but you have to sprinkle on it. You have to. It's over three to one. They're free falling. They do have a couple of breaks coming up scheduling as well. And I think they will. Verlander against the Brewers, somewhat of a positive start. He needs to be more consistent. Scherzer on the bump today. I like him to win. This team just has to rely on their pillars, their cornerstones. If the two guys can dance, Verlander and Scherzer above average, like their Cy Young abilities, and the lineup can figure out a way to get going, this team actually could be dangerous. But is it all in or not in at all sport? I do have to see Buck change his energy. I'm hoping Stevie Cohen's press conference was that. Now, real quick, last thing I'll say, I just tweeted that I'm giving out a Manny Machado jersey for free if the San Diego Padres get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, I will be in San Diego for several weeks, starting next week. I have my last show on MSG. I got a nice little TV break for a few weeks. I will be in Ron Burgundy land. I will be at the stadium. I will be on my Frank the Tank. Matter of fact, I'm going to invite my guy Frank out to the world's most America's finest city, most underrated city in my humble opinion. Peco Park to me, a top five non-historic park as far as quality, atmosphere, area, Gas Lamp District, come on down, hit up a Comic-Con, have yourself a July. This place, though, needs to start barking. This team off a 1-3 versus the Giants series, losing to the Nats, second to last series, now about to potentially get Gryffindor swept by the Pirates, losing five straight. I don't know where to begin. I'll be brief. Hitting 233 as a team, 23rd in the league, runs at 21st. Homer's 14th, that's whatever, but Machado, Soto, Bogarts and Tatis have 
to pick it up. Only Tatis is hitting 280. Bogarts is hitting 259. Machado's hitting 253. Soto's hitting 267. There's a problem with San Diego. It's too nice of a place. And I said it on a rant at some point in the last week. If you go to San Diego, don't reward this team. But I am not going to bail on them. This is an NL West that is completely up for grabs. And this pitching staff is actually very impressive carrying the load. Now, the D-backs are in first. The Dodgers are in third. Yet the D-backs are plus 340 to win the division. The Giants are plus 440. The Pons are 27 to 1. I'm going to sprinkle on the San Diego Padres at 27 to 1. Here's why. Michael Walker has been as advertised, if not more impressive. Darvish, Blake Snell, and Joey Musgrove have the ability to be a top five pitching staff in this league. And you've seen their pitching carry their hitting. The pitching and the bullpen is above average. It's a pitcher's park. And we have four future, maybe at least three, Hall of Famers on this team in the making. Cronenworth and All-Star hitting 2-0 Mendoza line 7. It cannot get much worse. The division is mediocre as far as NL West terms. The Dodgers haven't been this bad since. I don't even know when. Since Andrew Bynum was on the Lakers, that's how that's how mediocre to me this Dodgers team is. An array of bullpen injuries. Their pitching staff is not what it was last year. Again, you can't just keep letting Corey Seager, Trey Turner's bellies all over the place go and just expect other guys to come in and plug and play. It's Mookie, it's Freddie, it's J.D. Martinez, and, and really, that's it. I, I'm not afraid of this Max Muncy middle of the lineup. So... There is room in the NL West to make noise. I'm sprinkling on the Padres to make the playoffs. I'm sprinkling at 27 to 1. Bob Melvin is a player's manager. He is a good manager, a competent manager. They just need a swift kick in the burgundy midsection. They need a little Channel 4 News brawl. Maybe somebody swing on somebody. I don't know. But the pinata in the locker room when they were winning was a very positive sign to see. I do believe they like each other. It's just, is Soto staying? Is he playing for a contract? I got some questions about the health behind this team. But ultimately, Bogarts, Machado, Soto, and Tatis can be significantly better. And there's no way an all-star in Cronenworth is going to stay at 207. They have to turn it around. The pitching will stay above average. If the hitting meets them, I don't see any better value on the board than 27 to 1 here. So I'm out of here. I'm all over the New York Jets. Over nine and a half. Steal. Money from under the mattress. Steal. I'm taking them to make the playoffs. Gift from the Chrismica gods in the end of June. I'm on the Yanks, I'm on the Mets, I'm on the Padres. I'm finding a way to get all three of these clubs in the playoffs one way or another. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Moneyline Monaco on all things social. We'll see you next time. And as always, don't forget to give mothers. The Volume.